friends, and thank you for joining us for another episode of Fort Worth Roots. You can find Fort Worth Roots on all of your favorite streaming services, Pandora, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and more. You can catch us on YouTube or any other social media site as Fort Worth Roots. If you're watching this week's episode on YouTube, you'll see this really awesome shirt I'm wearing. It's an 817 Funky Town shirt, and you can get the same shirt online at fortworthroots.com. Go to our Trusted Sponsors tab, click on that, look for crew wear. If you don't want it in black and white, you can get it in any other color you want, even TCU purple. Go check that out, fortworthroots.com. Look for our Trusted Sponsors tab, where you can see all of our sponsors for the Fort Worth Roots podcast. Select crew wear and find the t-shirt that you can't live without. Today's episode is an exciting one with a gentleman that we've been trying to get on the show for quite some time now. He's a pillar of the Fort Worth music community, a world traveler, and just an all-around interesting guy. We, of course, also have our new regular co-host, Megan Elrich, and this week's episode comes with a special happy birthday wish to one Rachel Kelly, our newest Fort Worth Roots monthly contributor. She decided to be a uh, supporter of the show independently, and she's going to get one of our stainless steel coffee mugs as a thank you, and she'll be included in every single one of these episodes now in the show notes as a regular monthly contributor. So happy birthday, and thank you for being a part of our community, Rachel Kelly. Stay tuned to the very end of this episode because we do have some music recorded in studio by our friend, and then provided to us so that we could air this out for you guys uh, here on the Fort Worth Roots podcast. So stay tuned to the very end of the show for that. Also, some more information about events that we have coming up and all of our sponsors. That's enough talking out of me. Thank you all so much for being here. You can find our guest on Instagram as Keegan McEnroe Music. Please give it up for our friend, Mr. Keegan McEnroe. And let's start the show. Welcome to another episode of the Fort Worth Roots, and I'm here with Keegan McEnroe, a Fort Worth legend, no. singer, songwriter, musician. Oh, a loose, loose interpretation of that word, maybe uh, infamous. Maybe I've got infamous. one more nickname for you. <laughs> have you heard me use it? Uh, I don't know if I have. I dropped it in a couple of uh, intros and a couple of descriptions, uh, probably three or four weeks after your uh, your subterfuge. I, ah, I was calling you strong word. I was calling you sneaky ass Keegan I for did a few weeks. Yeah, yeah, I did I did see that. Well, it, I was driving if I remember correctly, I was driving uh it, it was nighttime and I was driving to my mom's house in Dublin, Texas. Mm -hmm. And I had my earbuds in, you know, like the but I I leave the little connected thing there and I had them in and I was about to, but I realized I could still hear y'all. I thought, <laughs> well, this is kind of cool. This is like being like backstage, you know? Yeah. So I wasn't thinking, I was like, I'll just sit here. So to set the scene for our listeners, yeah, we were in here with uh, Matthew Broyles and, and Trista, mm -hmm. and uh, we were we we're doing our little interview, and we had set up the call line <laughs> so that anybody that was watching live could uh, give us a call uh -huh. and be part of the show for a minute. We got a few phone calls here and there, and then all of a sudden, Keegan McEnroe, I'm like, oh man, I know about this guy. This is awesome. So I, I, was, I was excited to have Keegan McEnroe. And uh, so we, we had a little conversation with uh -huh. you, and then uh, after a minute or two, I was like, all right, well, Keegan, we, you know, be safe on the road, watch out for those deer, we got to get back to the show. And uh, we went back to doing what we were doing, and 
30 minutes later? Oh, I don't think it was that long. Maybe, maybe <laughs> two <five>. hours later. <laughs> the next day. We heard your. We, I'm in your bedroom. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Popped out of yeah. the closet. Keegan. Been here the whole time. <laughs> no, it was about, it was, it was maybe 10 minutes. It was maybe five do, or Do you remember minutes. what gave you away? Because uh, I do. Was it road noise? It was the blinker. Oh, the blinker. Were, yeah, <laughs> that's were, right. You were yeah. getting off the highway and you turned on your blinker and I'm like, what the hell is that? Is that a blinker? And then you were like, oh, uh, yeah. yeah, I'm still here. <laughs> well, gave it away. I mean, I wasn't I wasn't so, so really hiding so much as I just wasn't seen. Yeah, yeah. So you, you, you earned ass, a... Yeah. Sneaky ass cats. All right. Earned, earned a little nickname for a few weeks following I think that. one of my, my first <laughs> nicknames uh, that I remember was um i was probably like around three and i was sneaky snake i would steal my dad's pen <laughs> out of his pocket and he would, you know, and he wouldn't notice born a yeah so i i apologize for that oh no um, it was it was for, priceless yeah. man. we i mean it wrecked the show for the next 10 minutes because we couldn't stop talking about it it was so funny <laughs> So, anyway. uh, yeah, well, it was, it was a good, uh, it was a good way to, ma- I was, I wanted on the show. It was a good way to get on here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah see, now here I am. Then it led, it there led you to go. It. Yeah. <laughs> We'd have had you on anyway. Um, because you are, uh, whether you'll admit it or not, uh, uh, kind of an icon here in Fort Worth. You're a um, pillar of the musical community here in Fort Worth, Texas. Yeah, I think maybe if anything, I've just been around a while, you know, I think as long <laughs> as you're, if, if you're around a while and you don't go away, then, um, that's what happens. You know, <laughs> uh, that's what happens. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, there's, there's a, there's a lot of great, I mean, it's such a rich town with me, with, uh, with musicians and artists of all sorts and um, such a cool creative community. And so, um, you know, there were people that when I, I guess maybe 2000 and I moved here in 2001 okay. uh, when I graduated high school to go to TCU and uh, started playing music in bars probably around 2002 or so. And, uh, and Jeff Daisy was with me in, you know, at TCU around the, the, that time. And he was coming up in bands and Mark Lettieri, uh, he, he played a show. I remember one time as a drummer, he had these black drumming gloves on and, you know, Mark Lettieri from Snarky Puppy. And so, I mean, we were all, I mean, like, and of course, a lot of these people have gone on to, I mean, Mark's, you know, I, I, I uh, I was traveling around one, some obscure place one time and somebody started talking to me about a Snarky Puppy. And like somewhere in Europe, and I was like, "Really?" And in that, Europe, yeah. And that was, but this was like years and years ago. Yeah. Now they, it's you know, they've blown up for real. But even then, it was. Uh, so there's all kinds of people from here that have just branched off and done all kinds of cool things, you know. And um, and then a lot of people, and talk about this with friends a lot, that get families and have jobs and kind of don't leave the scene maybe necessarily or move off and do leave the scene, but just you know, life happens and it's hard to stay cool with just basically being the artist thing is a hustle and a grind yeah. a lot of yeah. times you know and so kind of just like well that was cool but now i'd like to have a kid and a house and a tv right. and a, yeah you know, whatever some earthly possessions some earthly possessions yeah. some stability <laughs> perhaps you know and uh and so a lot of people kind of do slowly drift out of the scene a little bit and if you're just there long enough people be like oh this guy when i got here he was yeah when i got here he was here too you know and that's mm-hmm. like you know so for me there's people like guthrie Kennard and of course you know james hinkle i'd was like I'd seen him forever and didn't meet him till years after I'd seen him and now we're good buddies and doing a Halloween thing together and nice um but yeah so I think it's probably that, that's the longevity of just not going away is is more more than anything yeah uh, than, than legend uh, of any sort <laughs> part yeah. of that stability that our musician friends are are always chasing uh comes from 
trying to get a solid gig, you know, something mm. that's going to be like a weekly staple uh, that they can count on for a, a little bit of change that they can factor into their budget. Whenever you started playing in '02, after moving here for TCU, mm. did you have any regular gigs? Um, so what, what I, do they call that, by the way? I'm, I'm blanking. Residence. Residence. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and those those can be uh, kind of double edged swords. There, you know. Um, uh, but that could be another thing to answer your question. Um, I, uh, I, so football was like my life growing up as a kid. I was, a, you know, I, I love football and I played football and I got a guitar when I was about 17. Um, because before football games, I was listening to the American beauty album by the grateful dead in ninth grade on repeat. Nice. And I was like, I want to play music. <laughs> so, I got, so I turned into a total hippie and got, you know, the grateful dead and got a guitar, but really it didn't take it seriously. Um, never would have thought I'd be doing it professionally i wrote poems and you know uh before i got a guitar so it was kind of natural to start writing songs were you a total deadhead i was totally oh and- well not him tie-dye oh. i was like a uniform <laughs> for me for like uh i mean for years through high school and into college even uh tie-dye shirts uh yeah for sure and uh anyway my uh i had a realization one day in philosophy of mind class i looked down i had this really bright tie-dye shirt on i think it was the first time maybe i'd ever um, smoked and gone into college or something class one or whatever but i looked down and it's just this big bright tie-dye shirt hitting i think the, out of the tie-dye was like a dancing bare face you could make out of it and, and i just thought <laughs> i am not this damn happy and bright what am i <laughs> what am i doing like why am i so that the tie-dye quickly just started fading out of the world yeah. but anyway so when i got to tcu i knew i wasn't gonna play football you know and i started playing music kind of became my outlet and i had a fake id that said i was from des moines iowa I think the stat, the pat, like, there's some sort of seven year thing where you can talk about this stuff, right? This has been many more than seven years. It's past, statute of limitations. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's it. Statute of limitations has <laughs> passed. Yeah. Uh, but I, I was from Des Moines, Iowa. And I, so I would drink regularly in this bar across from TCU called Schooners at the time. And um, I got to talking one night with this guy that ran the place. And he said, uh, Well, you know, if you want to play, because people have been saying, Oh, you should play in a bar sometime. I was playing at par- little house parties, you know, drift off. And, he says well if you want you know to play here i'll give you 50 bucks and all the whiskey you can drink and i said yes can't beat that yes especially in the early here. 2000s yeah oh my god and it was i think it was a, i think my first gig was on a wednesday and so for the first year probably every you know i just randomly i would play there um there was no regular regularity to it uh, but often and then uh, there was a guy marcus I think, uh, what's his last name? I can't remember his last name right now, but he was one of the managers. He had a drum kit up there. And there was one night these three different drummers came and just like, I mean, it was just, it was sloppy. Yeah. And, but this one sloppy drummer and me, we decided, hey, there's something here. And that's when, and we started Catfish Whiskey out of, out of that situation at Schooners that night, which nice. was my first band in Fort Worth. Nice. And then Catfish Whiskey did have a regular Thursday thing, Catfish Whiskey and Friends. We did at the moon. What was the drummer's name? Matt Lombard uh, okay. was the original drummer of Catfish Whiskey. And he said, well, I'm my sister's dating a guitar player who was Michael Maftian. And I, uh, and, and I said, well, my, I know a bass player. And the bass player I knew is a guy, Cole, who I hadn't seen in years, but I saw in Nashville recently. Uh, Davis, I think is his last name. But uh, Travis Dixon was living with us, and somebody had just left an acoustic. He was a guitar player, but somebody had just left an acoustic bass there to go traveling or something. So he had this acoustic bass. So that's how the band started. And then one day we woke up and Trip was Trip Mathis was laying like on a Papa Sun chair and his crazy feet were up in the air. And I was like, who is this guy? 
And he was basically like, well, the guys asked me to join the band. I was like, what do you do? You, you got know? the wrong kind of feet, bro. <laughs> it was like a hobbit had fallen, like, had, you know, <laughs> stumbled in from the Shire and found his way onto our Papa's son chair. And, uh, and no lie, he, he, he's, you know, he, he was, uh, I was very confused how he got there. I think he was friends with Travis, uh, somehow Dixon. And, uh, and uh, he had, he told me that basically, you know, the band had asked him to join. And years later, the band told me, oh, well, he said that you had asked him to join. So basically, he just sneaky-ass trap, you know, <laughs> sneaky-ass trip. So it was sneaky. But uh, so anyway, Catfish Whiskey had a regular thing, and that was cool. And then, uh, and before that, um, when I, I studied in London for a semester, and so when I, when I came back uh, from London, it was my s- second semester of my senior year, um, I'd been doing an open mic night in London I really liked, and I started one at... Texadelphia that I did for a weekly thing there. This is in London? No, that was when oh, I got back okay. to Fort Worth. So I studied in London for a semester. I was doing this open mic night there that really, like, actually, that's what made me decide, oh, maybe there's something to me being able to play music. Yeah. Aren't, these aren't my drunken friends. These are, like, people from all over the world that are... And they're digging it. They're digging it. Yeah. yeah. It's like, why are they... I don't know why. I'm, You know, but maybe this is actually... Because before that, it was just how drunk can we get before we get to the bar to play music. <laughs> there was nothing serious about it for me. It was just a party. You know, it was yeah. something, something to do. I thought I was going to be a teacher. I was going to go learn Spanish and be a philosophy professor or something. Let's you know? come back to London here in just a minute before okay. we get too far away. Yeah. Um, before you... That was all about regular gigs. You got to be... <laughs> That's okay. First thing in the morning, my brain's still like trying to catch it up with myself. I love it. I, I could uh, literally just sit here and let you talk for an hour. I feel like we could make a full episode yeah, like that. But I've that. got questions. Okay. So before you came to TCU, you yeah. said 01, 02, something like that? Yep. I graduated high school in 01. And when, where did you move from? Was it Des Lubbock, Moines? Lubbock. Oh, Lubbock. No, okay. no. I had nothing to do with Iowa. I don't know you why. Just was, had, you just had a Des Moines. You put on a piece of paper. <laughs> this is my name. This is my height. This is my hair color. This is my eye color. And they send you back something from somewhere that would scan. It would have all the things on it. Damn. Yeah. Over seven years ago, by the way, folks. Yeah, yeah. This was 2001. Way. For, for any of yeah. you alphabet boys out there. That's right. That's right. <laughs> this is a long time. And I don't have any names. Right. There's no money trail. Don't look yeah. for it. <laughs> Please don't. I don't know if I'm Please supposed to admit this kind of stuff. Yeah, anyway. I don't know either. Uh, yeah, by the way, this is for entertainment purposes, purposes only. Yes, Everything we yes. say is an absolute Absolutely. lie. The name on there is McLovin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, exactly. this, this is sneaky, yeah. sneaky-ass. Uh, uh, way back in the day. Yeah, I was a little sneakier then. So up in Lubbock, uh, is that yeah. where you grew up most of it? Yeah, I uh, I grew up so from about my mom was from Leveland, Texas, uh-huh. which is near, uh, and about thirty miles west of Lubbock, and uh, she had moved to Arizona uh, after she graduated because her sister had gone there, and so she met my dad in uh, in Arizona. They they got married. They had me in Scottsdale, and about six months old, they moved to San Francisco or just outside, and I was there till I was about two. And then my mom moved back to Texas, and uh, when I was four, she married a guy in Lubbock. And so from the age of four to 18, I was in Lubbock, yeah. all elementary, junior high, high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, spent a lot of time out in Level Land, riding horses on the farm, blah, blah, but uh, but a lot of time in Lubbock. And, and so, yeah, I moved in 01 to go to TCU. So you can ride horses? Oh, I can ride a horse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm pretty good on a horse. That's a, that's a good skill to have here it's, in Fort Worth, Texas. It's a good skill to have anywhere. If yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> Except in... in uh, in Europe, most people write English saddle, uh-huh. and that's a beatdown. There's only a few places. What is I've the felt. difference? So, like a, it's the difference between like a sofa and a pogo stick. <laughs> <laughs> 
like a like a western saddle is like it's made to be worked in yeah it's you're not, bigger more comfortable yeah it's like English it's, it's, it's the, very small it's every saddle you've seen in the states pretty much yeah. except the ones that they ride when they're jumping over little fences mm-hmm. it's the it's the perchy one you know? yeah they're clearly not doing cattle work that yeah. day you know you're meant to be on that thing for maybe yeah. 15 but minutes but that's but that's predominantly what you find uh in, uh, what i find in europe mm-hmm. there's very few western riding places in europe that i found how crazy yeah so you get on a, a saddle up there for the first time you're like oh uh, yeah the, the english saddle is way different I, I don't feel i would all, i would rather be bareback than with an english saddle like yeah. that it's just very you're rigid kind of, well and it's you know i mean things get in the way you know, <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure there's a certain outfit you're supposed to wear to kind of like mitigate some of that but what's the uh it's it's not ergonomic is that the right term ergonomic ergonomic, ergonomic. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, there are things that uh, that that don't suit me. A, sa- a regular Western saddle, which is fairly comfortable, can be hard enough if you mm-hmm. spend enough time in yeah. it. But but uh, but those saddles over there, that's tricky. I'm sure if you're used to it, it's the way to go. You I know? like your analogy though. It's the difference between a sofa and a pogo stick. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> it, really is. it feels like you're just uh, you know. So you end up in London for mm-hmm. a year. You're doing a semester. Op- a semester. Okay, yeah. so probably about what six months max uh i went over it was actually 2004 so i went over the august of 2004 Mm -hmm. um and i came back december okay and i saw a short stint yeah yeah it was but it i mean of course the older you get time seems to just like four months now seems like oh my god i gotta hurry up and get this done i got this thing to do back then it felt like a lifetime yeah exactly the semester was like 10 years you know mm-hmm. like, this semester ever going to end you know yeah but uh but yeah but it, a lot a lot happened it was definitely i had a i was taking a full 15 hours but i only had class on tuesday and wednesday mm-hmm. so i was taking two classes independent study with professors at tcu and then i was taking three classes there and then i had a like monday nights i had to go and see a play um for one of my one of my classes um so i would a lot of times you know like wednesday night i'd go to the airport and then just go somewhere in europe on one of these cheap flights and nice. and then you know come back on monday afternoon or whatever or, or just party there i met a uh, there was a oh, we lived in chelsea the student housing was in chelsea uh and uh there was a there was a place called bosun's locker which was this pirate but it was not pirates but it was like a nautical themed very piratey nautical themed <laughs> basement bar uh um, the whole time you're like oh yeah not pirates <laughs> yeah not pirates it's nautical okay. <laughs> And uh, so my, I got an but, eye patch over but I made this great friend, Andrew Balquill. Uh, he lives in London, still playing music. Andrew Balquill, look him up; he's great. Um, but he uh, he ran this open mic, and he didn't live near there. He had to take, I think it was like six buses back and forth to get like the PA there, Damn. and to get the. I mean, he was dedicated to making this happen. That's beyond dedication. Uh, that's beyond dedication. That's neurotic. Yeah. It's, <laughs> He was serious about it, wow. and, uh, and there was a West Cornwall pasty shop above it. But anyway, but a lot of the students would come down there, and I discovered it. Uh, there was a woman that uh, was like the liaison with TCU because it was like the TCU London Center. Yeah, and so the woman that was like the liaison to make sure all the students are kind of like, you know, not totally lost. Lisa Thompson, awesome woman um she introduced me to this place she was like you you're gonna love this place and uh you know we got we gotta go there on an open mic so we went down there and had a few pints and i was like yeah so i started playing there all the time and uh um and then when i when the semester ended i stayed over with andy and his uh roommate at the time and stayed another couple weeks and just had a great time was kind of seeing this lovely south african woman i was almost miss i did miss my flight actually <laughs> I, did miss my flight. I got 
I got there like an hour before it left, 45 minutes, and I was like, can I still? And they looked at me like I had three heads, like, no, you can't still get, we can't even get your bag anywhere near this, you know, this Heathrow Airport. You can't yeah. show up 45 minutes Mm-mm. before your flight. That's not going to work internationally, you know, like, no. There's no. a there's a joke here about Keegan show up, showing up late for things, but we'll, we're going to glaze past <laughs> yeah, that one. I've missed a few I've, things. I've got some uh, questions about okay. London. We're talking about maybe taking a trip to London. Oh, yeah. Uh, maybe around March time frame. Is there oh. anything specific? Like if there's one or two things that we absolutely have to check out, what, uh, what would you suggest? I know oh, that's going to be golly. a can of worms, but... Well, London's like, I think you could live eight lives in London and never see every nook and cranny really? of London. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's yeah. just so intricate. And um, I would be I would be completely overwhelmed if I hadn't spent, yeah. I, mean, I mean, I still am, but like, it's like when I show up in Paris and like, I don't know anything and it's mm-hmm. just kind of overwhelming. And then there's, you know, a little bit with the language, but but in, in London, it's also this just massive, enormous, I mean, there's sinners, of course, but it's just, you know, it's so old and it's, been, right. it's grown up and, you know with so many different um <laughs> various uh, you know fires and tragedies and things have grown up on top of each other and all right. these little just places but so it's hard but yeah. i will say that uh and it changes of course so you know um I'll say what my favorites have been over the years. I'll say, and then, you know, like Camden Town mm-hmm. is Camden uh, Town, Camden Town, okay, um, which is where like Amy Winehouse was from. Yeah, it's kind, of, it's like a, yeah, it's like a, it's not a, it's like a, District. it's like Fairmount, okay, yeah, kind yeah. of thing. Um, it'll be a stop on the tube. You mm-hmm. can find Camden Town. Uh, it seems like the uh, what goes up there. I can't remember off the top of my head, but anyway, um, so that's a really cool area. They ha- and it's a big open air market. Um, and it's enormous sprawls over several blocks of just sounds awesome. You know, so, yeah. so London, and, and it's and it's kind of like a a little bit of a you know counterculture. Well, sort of, I guess. Maybe I mean everything gets so hip that you just you know it's, <laughs> it's pretty hip there now. I'm sure as well. And um, I bet that place smells like pumpkin spice latte right now, <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of Indian food. Mm. Um, but it's uh, but Camden Town's cool. And, um, and, and just interesting, you know, to spend, just, just kind of spend a little time. Um, and then, um, oh, there's so many, there's so many wonderful places. I love just going to a place and just trying to just walk around and get lost and just, you know, 100%. Just, yeah. Oh, this is cool. You yeah. know, stumble into things when I can, but yeah, uh, the, uh, Coven Gardens is really lovely. Um, I mean, the first thing that struck me, have y'all been before? No. To, have y'all been to Europe? Mm-mm. I haven't. So the first thing that a struck me. layovers. I went um, when I was in, I was able to go on a on a, a school trip when I was uh, in ninth grade. Our history teacher, this wonderful woman named Sherry Owens, uh, wanted to take her family to the UK. And she thought, you know what? It's going to make it cheaper is if I take a bunch of students with me. <laughs> <laughs> so we took like a family trip with some, st- she took a family trip with some students, you know, and I don't know how that's actually what happened, but it was right. like, she wanted to take a family vacation and she just happened to take like five or six of us. Well, I think there was maybe 10 of us, uh-huh. you know, so that was probably worked out a better deal. Uh, but anyway, it was amazing. And she was, she's, she's awesome. Her family's awesome, but it was pretty funny. Uh, and uh, I got, everybody in a bunch of trouble kind of for that but anyway <laughs> that was the last night in london but uh but the first thing that struck me was the smell mm-hmm. it's like we don't have smells like that here this it's this it's like it's deep it's older it's just like you know it, um walking around the streets and walking into certain buildings you smell is uh you can find it in certain places here 
but it's not that old. It's yeah. like the 60s or 70s. Like you walk into certain gymnasiums and you're like, mm-hmm. that's the 50s. <laughs> you know? But there's, it's, it can, smells, it's got a nice, but you know uh, what I mean? Like yeah. it smells different. A bouquet of asbestos. Right. Yes, there's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and so there's certain places you walk in and you're like, I've never smelled anything this old before, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, that was, that's interesting. As a, as a 14 or 15 year old kid, mm-hmm. I don't know what my, you know, if I had gone over for the first time and, this part of my life and maybe i wouldn't be thinking about smell like that or maybe i would i don't know but as a 14 that's what struck me first right off the yeah. bat I was just like oh my god what is this well, and i fell in love with it you know i mean as much of uh you know like london is known for being completely made out of wood right before that big fire yeah. and there's probably a lot of really old structures that still have some of that left over old rafters and yeah, i would imagine and frames yeah. and stuff so that old wood with all those uh, historic smells in them just lingering around yeah. for centuries. Exactly. Hmm. Interesting. Exactly. I would have never thought of that. Um, I will say also, there's a street called Denmark Street in London, and uh, it's like this L-shaped street, but it's like the music street, and I guess just over hundreds of years has been, you know, so it's it's uh, it's kind of like, and I stumbled onto it by accident. Um, it's where I got my, uh, my electric resonator made, um, there's a guy that has a workshop there, but that's where orange amplifiers are from. And oh, that, okay. You know, yeah. so if Those you're really into that popular. Kind of, yeah. So if you're into that kind of thing, Denmark's uh, a good street to, to check out. Um, man, there's just, it's, it's hard. I've got your phone number. Pick. Yeah, you got, yeah. I'll be texting you. Yeah. <laughs> We're looking at only doing like getting in, I think it was like Thursday morning. Cause it's an overnight flight and then having Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday we're leaving out to go to, our plan is to go to Iceland. Oh, cool. From there for a few days. Oh, then, lovely. And then we'll be back in London. For a night, yeah. A night. So. Well, what I'll do is I'll try to get y'all in touch with a buddy or two because the best way to Hell see yeah. any town is with a local. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Sure. So and I'll it, get y'all in touch with Andy. In fact, if they got a spare room, it could save us a couple thousand dollars. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if, if y'all bring over your equipment and you introduce them to your last Texas audience, you know. Hell yeah. yeah. No, I, You know what? Maybe. Yeah. Uh, he's, in a, he's in a cool uh, duo now. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I'll get y'all in touch. I'll get y'all in touch with somebody, Andy or somebody. I got, I got friends in London. Very cool. I know people. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's bring it back to this side of the, okay. the big wet thing. Um, mm-hmm. all right. So we were at, we left off TCU. Oh, six is whenever you got, I got back. I got, I, well, I was there for a semester. So I, I got back December of four. Okay. And then I had the, my spring semester and I graduated in May of Oh five. And then for, I, I've been working at Red Lobster for a couple of years. Of course, I had, I had to quit before I went to London. Those biscuits, man. Those biscuits, oh man. God. I've eaten them in every way you can eat them. With every kind of topping. I've had them with honey mustard. I've had them with, uh, you know, was there a time tartar in, sauce. I've had them. With, was there a time in your life when you were living off those biscuits? I, I never lived off of them um, because, you you know, you get tired of a thing, especially that rich. You yeah. get tired of a thing kind of quickly. The reason uh, I ask is because I, whenever I first moved out of my parents' house, we were, all of our friends were working at restaurants and yeah. we would live off the Texas roadhouse house salad and the rolls because that's what was available. Yeah. Of course that was like, I was 17. So, right. Yeah. yeah. No, we, I mean, I, I, I had a lot of them, but, uh, but at that time in my life, I was probably living on the Jack in the box dollar menu. Nice. I would get the, uh, like the, uh, the, the, what was it? The breakfast Jack. I would get that regularly. That was breakfast a lot of times, like a dollar, uh-huh. and the uh, the chicken, the dollar chicken sandwich. Yeah, I did that until I got a bad bad one. And oh, yeah. it takes like one bad 
Like oh, I had yeah. one bad chicken nugget in like sixth grade at McDonald's. I was like, never again. <laughs> yeah. What the hell was that? You know, yeah. like this purple thing. Oh. Yeah, and I've, yeah. I've gotten sick from Jack in the Box yeah. too, so I won't touch it. Right. But. Yeah. You have to have that one experience and then you're like, well, that's ruined for me now. It was the uh, 49 yep. cent party burrito at Taco Bueno for mm. me. Yeah. That's the one I lived off of. Yeah. Sounds sketchy. Well, they had the uh, <laughs> they had the uh, condiment bar, you know? Yeah. You just take as much as you right. want. So I'd take that 49 cent burrito, I'd open it up, and I'd put like a pound of pico on it. There you go. And the onions. That's getting and that And the bang. cilantro. That's getting that bang a gallon buck. of the salsa. <laughs> That's probably what it was, the condiment bar, not the... Oh, no, Bueno's good. Jack in the Box is one that made, made me sick. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I have a, I have a few things on it. Southern Comfort I can't do. Oh, uh, tequila. And Soco turns me, me into tequila. A are cool. Human. Yeah, Southern Comfort I had. Uh, I, I drank when I was in. Uh, we got me and this friend split a bottle in high school, and we didn't know anything about drinking hardly. You know, I mean, I knew a little bit, but not much. Not that I shouldn't drink half that bottle, and but I had to get my half. You know, I think I'll well, pay for it. I better get this. And uh, me and my uh, Boston Terry ended up in the yard that oh night for a while. And uh, so, so dangerous. So I can't, I haven't been able to like smell it, look at it. Like once somebody surprised me, but they didn't know, but with a shot, I was like, oh, <laughs> never again. Uh, and then uh, ch- chicken nuggets from McDonald's and, uh, and then that chicken sandwich from Jack in the Box that one time was just like, man, that was such a good dollar for yeah. so long. But uh, yeah, so I was I was working Red Lobster and I um I've been waiting ta- waiting tables there and uh, and I graduated in 05. so I, I spent another year working waiting tables and and uh, and at night we were playing music. I'd, I'd gotten a little more serious, you know, um, after the London trip. I thought, well, maybe this is something. So when I graduated, um, my rough plan had been to just basically moved to Spain and, and uh, try to learn and, and teach English as a second language and, and get fluent in Spanish. And then if I enjoyed teaching, maybe like, okay, maybe become a professor or go back to school or something. But that was kind of my like, okay, I graduated, I'm just going to go travel for a while and kind of this would be a cool way to do it. There's that global TESOL or whatever it is that you can teach as a second language. What's so interesting about that is you're the second Fort Worth musician that had that I've talked to that had that exact same plan. Yeah. So I wonder if that's like a, a natural progression. That's interesting, yeah. Through those channels. Well, I when I well and that was and that was kind of like just in the back cuz I didn't know what I really wanted to do. Right. You know, I just knew I didn't want to have a suit and I didn't want to go to a job at nine o'clock. Right. And be, mm-hmm. You know, I, I knew that that was not for me. Yeah. And uh, so I was trying to figure out what that meant. And, um, but anyway, when, when I graduated, I was like, well, I'm in this band, you know, and you think at 22, oh, there's windows for that. <laughs> yeah. There was a big window at that point, but you see there's windows for these things, you know, so I better stay in the van, see what happens. And, uh, and so I waited tables for about a, a year and then I booked a five week tour for the band up to north of Seattle and back. And, nice. uh, and so, uh, catfish whiskey went on our little run and I had to quit my job because they weren't going to red lobster. Wasn't going to give me five weeks just to like go hang out in the Pacific Northwest. And so, uh, I, uh, when I got back, I was like, I'm unemployed. I wasn't making anything at Red Lobster because I was working mostly lunch shifts and people, yeah. you know, you get three table sections and mm-hmm. three people get salad and coffee and you're like, well, <laughs> <laughs> I guess I got $12 today for my four hours versus, you know, you play four hour gig, you're at least going to make a couple hundred dollars, right. you know, whatever yeah. at that time. So it just made sense. So that was when I, that was my last day job. I briefly worked. Uh, that was your last day job? In 2000, May of 2006. That's amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I briefly helped out a friend by driving. Uh, do y'all remember Sweet and Sassy? 
mm-hmm. when it was uh so it was in that <clears throat> you know that uh shopping center it's on uh barry and is it hewlin that crosses there and there's like the red hot and blue and the dsw shoes and uh there's a tom thumb anyway there used to yeah. be mm-hmm. there may still be it was called sweet and sassy okay and it was like a, it was a barbecue joint wasn't it no it was a it was like a like a like a girl's like a little girl's birthday paradise was what it was meant to be huh. but you went and picked them up in like a pink limousine <laughs> that said sweet and sassy across the side of them and you took them to this place and they had like makeup and they dressed like princesses and they had like a dance party and it was like a birth it was like a thing for girls to do for birthday parties you know do you have a picture of you driving that thing i do not oh my god because that would that would totally be the thumbnail for this episode i wish i did i wish i I may i may could still find it was anna kate uh trips uh wife that was working there somehow helping manage or something and they were like man we could really use like you know the occasional limo driver covered and i was like i am in for this this is hilarious and it was it was really funny i think i did about uh oh maybe six shifts you know yeah um i think it paid like 50 bucks you know and you and you basically like the driving was the least the least amount of it most of it was waiting yeah you know because hanging out you're in a pink limo and you're just like well this is funny (laughs) people pull up next to you and they're like who is in there what is that so it's like a mary Kay limousine well and actually my mom does mary Kay. she's a national social director and i've i've taken many cars on her of her pink cadillacs on on tours and yeah yeah uh (laughs) i just actually took her uh i had a family reunion up in tennessee on my dad's side and I took the pink Cadillac up there for Beautiful. that. Yeah. And, and it is confusing because people come by and they look at you and you're like, what do you look? Oh, yeah. I'm in a pink car. Okay. <laughs> Why is this person staring? Oh, yeah. Okay. Trying to start so some shit. Oh, Mary Kay yeah, all over yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. So I have that experience too. <laughs> yeah. But this, this, the sweet and sassy limousine was like, like girl pink, uh-huh. you know, not like the, the Mary Kay is kind of like a champagne salmon now. It's yeah. not like a real old school pink Cadillac pink, right. but the sweet and sassy was like, bubble gum you know like it was it, boom that's, that's is that it wasn't like is that a pink car it was like that's a pink car folks yeah. if you were listening to this and you have a picture of keegan McEnroe in a pink limousine we need that photo <laughs> please there there were definitely um there were definitely lots of pictures taken oh I don't, sure i don't think be. i was i don't think i was in any of them i think i was standing over to the side like all right, girls, let's get in the car. You know, the we, we parents talk, taking the pictures. Is, talk to Tripp's wife. You know, Tripp's wife. AK probably has some photos. Yeah. <laughs> AK, slant a slate. Excellent. Yeah. So you go on, you're, you're gigging regularly. Uh-huh. You, you got away from the daytime job, yeah. and you're just out on your own playing your music. Yeah. That's Since awesome. 2006 is, yes, that's been it. Damn, that's wild. And you still have your mental faculties about you. I mean, how did you manage? I was that? 25 minutes late today, <laughs> and I forgot my guitar. So it's okay. We were going to have Keegan play live for you t- uh, today, guys, but we're going to do that next time for sure. Yeah, next time would be great. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. No, it works out because I, I, I kind of briefly uh, showed you the setup we have here for, and it, I do what, have what would a you call mic that? stand, a, a small band stand there. I yeah, mean, it's, it's just a, a solo. It looks setup. Like- yeah, it looks like it's uh, like maybe a, some sort of a guitar holder or a maybe a music stand holder. That's an yeah, that's an equipment stand and yeah. a C clamp that I I have a t- like a tabletop microphone mm-hmm. stand and I C clamp that thing it's, to the equipment stand. It looks actually very stable. <laughs> it would work. I wouldn't touch it. it I mean, if you work. wanted it to remain in that configuration, I wouldn't touch it. But yeah, yeah 
And I do have another mic stand. I figured car, you might, so but I, that, that would have been okay. <laughs> uh, well. Oh well, but yeah, it's uh, it's nice to be here. I'm sorry I'm late. No, I, no, don't worry. My middle it. faculties are <laughs> are are waking up and about a quarter firing at this point. Yeah. Well, for somebody that's been in that lifestyle for that many years, I think that there's a kind of a an image that people would. Uh, associate with somebody that's been in the music industry for that long. Um, you, you hear so many bad stories about people mm. just not being able to manage that lifestyle along with yeah. uh, kind of a professional mindset like sure. you clearly have. So yeah. that's, that's an accomplishment. It's an accomplishment. Professional hobo. <laughs> uh, a professional traveler. No, I, I, yeah, I think you're right. It is, it is a uh, very easy and it's not just, music any anything that you're doing independently um it, it's where you have to be the engine that moves you mm-hmm. right like yeah. nobody's going to be like hey time to go to work time to go to work hey you came to work here's your thing yeah you know and you know if you're gonna if you know if you keep going to the thing you're going to keep getting the check uh-huh. every time it's yeah like stability i think they call it right uh, yeah. <laughs> i've heard of this yeah you've oh, heard stability, of this thing, right yeah. right and uh and for me um i feel i i don't I don't enjoy that sort of stability. Uh-huh. Um, I like each day. I, I feel the most alive when each day has new things to have to figure out. Yeah. Um, and I try to leave as much open ended as I can so that that can happen. Yeah. And so for me, um, music has just been this really, I, I've been very blessed that it worked this way because I don't, I did not see this as a thing. Uh-huh. Um, but it's, it's been a very uh, wonderful vehicle to try and carve out a meaningful life for myself, you know, um, something to, so, um, of course there's things that, you know, I'm very fortunate. I survived, uh, my dumber days Mm -hmm. and, um, you think that, and then you have a dumb day and you're like, man, I thought those (laughs) dumb days were behind me. I I was done with this. Oh, I'm still so lucky. I'm here. (laughs) And, uh, but you know, but, but in all seriousness, um, you, I, you start to also, as you get older a little bit, you start to think, you know, I better start doing something to kind of take care of the vessel. Uh-huh. And uh, and so I, I, I do a few things to try to kind of make sure that I'm always still driving the bus. You know, the people that I know that have developed serious problems, it, it just got on top of them one day. It was like, oh, yeah, I used to be able to just have a drink. And now I got to wake up and have one or I will physically, my body will start to demand that I, you know. And everybody I know, it wasn't like, oh, yeah, I knew pretty early I had a problem. It's always like, it, you know, so I, I take a month every year at the beginning of the year. I kind of cleanse and, and reset. And um, it's a it's a it dietary, but also, you know, any sort of intoxicants. Um, like a self-check? Yeah. Just, just, like, just check. to see. Like, can I say no? <laughs> you know? And I, I mean, I, I do a lot of times during the year as well. Um, but it also makes me feel good about like, like I kind of imagine it like I clean the car up real nice and pretty so I can go off-roading for 11 months. <laughs> but, but it makes you more conscious though in those 11 months of what you, what you are putting into your body, right. like how things feel and how, you know, because you get, you do, you know, and one of the things I realize is that I'm just an idiot. Like I think well, during like 11 months out of the year, I think, well, did I do this because I had a drink last night? It's like, no, when you're sober for 30 days and you're like, no, you're just an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> this is just how you, you know, I was like, did I forget that thing? Because no, it's you know? baseline. This is yeah. my baseline. So, but it does, but it does kind of help me, um, keep myself in check a little bit. Yeah. And I think that's important because, um, is it, you know, freedom is a, is, is for me, one of the very most important things. Um, but, but to really be free, you have to have the option to completely screw.
screw it up mm-hmm. and to, uh, and and to fall and to fail and to die or to do whatever. Um, you know, to be to be really free is very dangerous, actually. And so, a lot of people, uh, you know, that's I mean, so you we we live in a world, of course, where you have to find a balance between allowing people to be free and having order and and and, and things like this. But 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 even within yourself, you have to do that. And so, um, I've definitely pushed in different directions, like how free can I be, you yeah. know? And um, and I find that uh, you know, and I think this is you know not it's, it's definitely not me. This is all all kinds of uh, philosophies and religions and people and whatever. But just you know, the the balance between um, getting getting done what needs to be done. Um, but also, you know, uh, and, and but also enjoying getting the most juice from the lemon, right? You know, um, got to have a little bit of YOLO in there. Right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know, it's like uh, I was reading a thing the other day, and I think it was like John Stamos talking about his last time with uh, uh, Bob uh, Saget. Saget, and he was just saying, you know, like you never know when the last time you see a person is going to be. So yeah. always have that last cup of coffee or that. Somebody wants to use, oh, would you just stay and do this? And it's like, yes, I will. You know. Yeah. So I do think in those terms, um, I was, uh, I was one of the my one of my. Uh, so I have a degree in religion, a degree in philosophy, and in the philosophy courses I was taking, I encountered um, uh, Frederick Nietzsche's idea of uh, eternal recurrence or the greatest weight. And uh, are y'all familiar with Nietzsche's? No, but so, I'm going to dig this. So he he has this. <laughs> he has this uh, thought experiment and whether there's, I guess my good buddy, Blake Hester could, would be much better. uh, Dr. Blake Hester would be much better at at talking about this than me. Um, I suppose there's some debate uh, supposedly about uh, whether this was his actual metaphysics, but all of that aside, I, 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 the thought experiment itself is what hit me. And I think that was the point. So that he says, uh, Imagine that one night, I'm going to paraphrase, okay? Sure. He says, imagine one night into your heart of hearts and your loneliest of lonelies creeps this demon. And this demon says to you, you speck of dust, every detail of your life, from the spider crawling across the wall there to your decision to eat Honey Nut Cheerios this morning, you know, everything, you're damned to repeat eternally. And, uh, he says, would you not throw yourself on the ground and wail and gnash your teeth and say, no, right. Or would you say, thank you. You are a God, sir. You know, the point being the, to the point spend being every day. He says, it if, important. if, if, if you really take this and it's, you know, he said it would sit on your shoulders like the greatest weight or this idea of eternal recurrence because Nietzsche is an atheist, you know, we, he, there was no afterlife. So in a way this is an eternity. What, what whatever we do, you know, the, you know, uh, Jean-Paul Sartre talks like we're the sum of our choices, basically. Like, you know, we, we choose our realities um, through the choices that we make in many ways. Obviously, there's, you know, nature, nurture. Uh, but in many ways, we get to choose what our reality looks like. Um, and uh, that happens through choice. And we're and so that's there's choice and responsibility back to the freedom thing. Right. But when you but so when I read that, I just thought, yeah, I need a. I need to live in a way in which if I had to keep living this, if I had to live this life over and over and over again, I wouldn't get tired of it. I wouldn't like be like that day. Well, it doesn't mean that every single day you have to go out and like climb the mountain. Yeah. Someday it may be like, I would eternally will myself to be watching 10 hours 
of Lord of the Rings movies right now. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've really got to see these, and every single time I'm going to need to see this. Yeah. So I don't think I don't take it as like so the span of a lifetime, right? Well, yeah. just in just in well, what are you doing on a given? Are you doing a given? A, are you taking those ten hours because you've been working so hard and you need to reset, and that's what your body needs? Are you taking those ten hours because that's what you do every day, and you're just kind of checked out? Yeah, and you're just going through your rut. And you're just mm-hmm. walking along your road. And then you look down and you say, wow, I've been watching 18,000 hours of Seinfeld for the last four years. What else have I done? Shit, I just drank half a bottle of SoCo. Right. <laughs> exactly. I'm in, I'm in the What am I doing in yard, yard now? What's I, would going do this, <laughs> I would do this every time. <laughs> you know. So, yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not that every day has to be like, you know, winning every moment. It's just. I got tiger blood coursing through Right, right. It's like, yeah, it, it, is what I'm doing today getting me where I want to be, you know, helping me be who I want to be. Um, and am I, am I claiming my responsibility and my ability to make the day I want to see happen? Yeah. I think that's kind of the idea is that you take, that you take responsibility for. And so, so getting back to kind of like working as a freelance artist, you know, you kind of have to do that. It's like, if you want to do something, you basically have to do it because there's yeah. nobody that's going to just come find you in your house and say, Oh man, <laughs> there's keegan there you are <laughs> been looking hey, everywhere for I, you. I was watching this and it's a little haunting i was watching an interview with merle haggard uh a few days ago and you may have seen this it was kind of circulating for a minute but he was talking about like i think it was dan rather interviewing him and he says you know why are you still out here on the, on the road this is obviously years ago he's merle's dead now but he says you know why are you still out there doing it and and uh he goes and and merle's response was like well basically you know he would get very lonely of course he says you know if you if you if you want to be left alone, people will leave you alone. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you want to go away, the world will forget about you. In a minute. It was what yeah. his point was, you know. And so, yeah, the world's, you know, and I've I had this conversation with another artist the other day that had been out of the scene for a while and came back. And it's like, yeah, if you're not in the scene and you're not doing things, you disappear from, you know, from kind of the, I mean, there, you may have something that's left over or whatever, but eventually, you know, we all go away. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's just what it is. Yeah. And so if you want something you know, now, then what are the steps to get that thing that I want now, whether that be a style of life, which for me, music suits very well. My favorite things are travel and meeting people and having conversations and seeing new things and experiencing yeah. new things. It's like, wow, I get to do this through this really cool vehicle of music where when I go into a city or wherever, you know, especially when you're traveling, you know, then you're not seeing, especially at this level, Right where I'm, I'm basically doing all the booking, and all the all the tour managing, and all the everything. So I, when I book a show, I know who it's booked with, or the bartender that it's booked with. I know where you know I'm in communication with all these people. Then you get to the city, now you have an inside track already with those people, plus bartenders, plus whoever comes to see you. So you're getting to see the world, oftentimes through the eyes of locals mm-hmm. in places like this. And so yeah. for me, this is like the perfect job yeah you know and you're at the level that you're comfortable with it sounds like well no uh, i think that's i think that's important that you not be comfortable uh, yeah right? because okay. then you then you would be like uh then you start to get complacent and take things for granted but also you get older and as you get older you need other things like the first sure. thing i started to notice was um i started you know when i was i uh i traveled in europe most about half the year uh, from 2000 11 to 2000 well 2012 to 2019 and in the beginning it was just whatever was cheapest was fine with me if the place if i was had a night off or if the place was i was playing which usually european venues are pretty good uh 
about putting you up mm-hmm. you know, somewhere. So you're talking about the hotel stays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but if I wasn't put up, then I would look at hostels like whatever's cheapest. Right. Oh, this yeah. is a bed in a 26 bedroom mixed dormitory style thing. Cool. Got hot you water? Know, like, maybe? Yeah. $11? <laughs> great. One shared bathroom? Fine. Let's do this. And then uh, over the years, I started to notice that I was willing to spend a little bit more for like the eight bedroom yeah the six bed and then it was like well i kind of want my own space you know and so you do realize that like um you don't want to be in your 60s playing the you know the coffee shop necessarily i mean it depends on the coffee shop obviously but like that level you want to see growth right you want to see growth and i and um and so i think that as you get older you definitely uh start to realize that okay well I can't be a hobo completely forever. You know, I, I got to like, like the last two years I've actually, it's been the first time since 2011. I've had like an actual place of my, you know, like where I was a base of operations yeah. that wasn't somewhere else. Right. You know, transient Running around. Yeah. And, um, and that's been really nice actually. I was like, wow, I have a refrigerator. All of a sudden. <laughs> I've never had a refrigerator before, you know, and uh, my dog has her own space and she, my dog's like, I love this. Why don't we do this years ago? <laughs> um, so yeah, I think, you know, you, you can't, you can't, um, I, well, I can't, I don't want to, uh, stay in, in, in only the same place. Um, I would like to, you know, see growth and things and, and it would be lovely to eventually have a team, yeah. you know, so that I'm not having to, like I was saying, when I pulled up and I'm late and it's not an excuse, it's just I've, I've been a little scattered. I got um, quite a few little irons in the fire. And, uh-huh. you know, and it does, it does, um, as fire does, it, it sucks up the oxygen for uh, creative things sometimes, yeah. you know, and it'd be yeah. nice to focus on some of those things more. So having a team and things like that, that would be a cool thing, um, you know. Uh, and and so you, I do want to see growth. But, yeah, as far as it goes, um, the overall idea I, I love, you know. Speaking about a, a team, creative there. you just put out uh, an album recently, didn't mm-hmm. you, or a single? Yeah, I put out a, a an album called Agnes. Okay, and what studio did you cut that one out of? That's actually, we, we did that in uh, Terlingua, Texas. That's right. Yeah, out of the... Whose studio is that? It wasn't a studio. It's the Santa Inez Church. It's, okay, uh, it's, okay. So if you... Have you Bits been and pieces Ter- of this is coming back. Yeah, have you been I've to been Terlingua? through Terlingua. Everything was closed because we burned through there at like 11 a.m. Okay. And you probably know this, but like Stardust and all these oh, other yeah. cool little spots. Yeah, they don't Starlight. open until four. Right, yeah, Starlight, yeah. is that Starlight, it? Okay. Yeah, the theater. Played there been through times. there one time. Well, right behind that theater is an old church. It's, okay. a, it's an Adobe, uh, early 19th century, or early 20th century, sorry, uh, Adobe mission uh-huh. called Santa Inez. Okay. And so do you know Tony Drury? I don't. Tony's awesome. Uh, shout out to Tony Drury. Hey, Tony. He's in a band called Fish Fry Bingo around here for a while okay. um, and several other projects. But he's, he's, and he was doing like the the beer workshops for Tulips when they first opened. Mm-hmm. Um, still does some stuff around town, but he's living out in Terlingua. So I was visiting with him, hanging out with him uh, back in, uh, I'd been making my tr- trips out there for a while, but back in May of 2022, and we met a guy on the porch there in front of Starlight bill palmer uh-huh. and bill palmer is from new mexico and uh, has a studio in new mexico but he had been and was at that day recording artists in this church and just has great acoustics and he he kind of so likes badass. he kind of <laughs> likes the mobile recording uh-huh. kind of thing um and and uh, An analog guy well uh i mean yeah maybe as well uh the the field recording stuff I think we, I think we were mostly digital, yeah, um, with the stuff that he used. But anyway, the you know kind of location based, um, finding interesting spaces that have their own sound yeah. versus 
having a, a, a kind of a sonically neutral place to just make it sound like this is just this you pure. Wanted, you wanted that em- environment to. I've be been thinking about. I've been thinking about some sort of destination kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, so I met Bill, and he says, "Yeah, I'm recording this guy in the church." And I was like, "Oh, really?" So we exchange information. We talk about it. Within about two weeks, I think we decided, okay, November 2022, let's cut a record. Nice. So I had started actually an album with Grant Wilburn here uh, in Fort Worth at 7013 Sound. and um, But it had kind of bogged down. There were a few things happening where it wasn't, we'd, we'd had a really good day and then we weren't able to get back in. And then I went out to Terlingua and we cut this record. I took, uh, I took Aiden Bubeck, Morris Holdall, and uh, Forrest Massey with me and we did several shows on the way out there and then we spent three days in the church recording the album and then we did a show in, the, in Lubbock on the way back and um, to kind of cut help with costs and then I went back in January with Gary Grammer and we did a few overdubs but by the end of January the album was mixed and mastered nice and I was like well I have this you know so I'll just record <laughs> I'll just release this um, and what and so I actually two days ago was in the studio wrapping up the Fort Worth project. But yeah, the album that just came out August 22nd, September 22nd was Agnes. Nice. And uh, Agnes is, uh, well, Santa Inez is the name of the church. And Inez mm-hmm. is a Spanish variation of Agnes. Okay. Which is a variation of a Greek word that means like pure. Um, and she was, a she was a 12 or 13 year old girl, depending on the story before uh, Christianity was, uh, was, a uh, adopted by the roman empire and uh, she has a very sad story so when i decided i didn't know anything about her but when i decided uh, to record in the church i was like well i better figure out get some history whose church i'm in yeah (laughs) who is this inez you know and her story is a very sad one and so i I, uh, read the variations on her story i wrote the song agnes and that kind of i knew that i didn't want to just like i have a lot of songs um but i didn't want to go out there and just make a collection of songs i kind of it's such an interesting place like uh terlingua and and i kind of gravitate towards places that are um that aren't like these days everything just starts to look the same you know you drive through certain towns and any town almost and you see the same shopping center five times yeah by the time Mm -hmm. you get through it you see the same you know what is it like the the pet smart and the cutter. office depot and yeah. the and then the next five, five minutes later it's the same you know and the, the 10 chick-fil-a's and the 18 mcdonald's and the whatever you know and there's not that in terlingua you go to terlingua and you're like i am in terlingua somebody described yeah. it to me i think it was aiden bubeck that said it's like little house on the prairie meets mad max 100 and it's yeah. that's so cool like <laughs> yeah. that's what i want you know I and, can't uh, wait to go back down there because oh, we didn't get to spend any time in Terlingua. Yeah. We just kind of went through. We we walked into the one gift shop that was open yeah. across from the cemetery. Yeah, yeah. Took some pictures at the cemetery and then took off on our trip. But what a beautiful, yeah. unique portion of Texas. It really is. And it's, um, there's some, uh, you know, you go to some places and they just kind of like resonate somehow and you just kind of get, uh, and, and it's I'm sure it's different for everybody. But for me, Terlingua really resonated and um and that big bin region in general but uh alpine's pretty cool too and uh um but anyway i uh, i wanted to write about the area so I, I took a trip and i took the for the first time i took the uh the train from fort worth to austin i think it goes to san antonio and then san antonio to alpine oh wow and then tony okay. picked me up in alpine this was in august of 2022 and i just went out there and didn't have anything booked i just wanted to research uh, talk to people, get stories, collect, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then came back, wrote the album and went in November and re- recorded it, wrote one song, 
the second after the second day in the church we'd recorded everybody had gone down to the to the starlight theater they, so you could hear them i was in the church by myself we'd been, i'd been sipping on a little tequila mm-hmm. all day to kind of you know keep myself warmed up when in rome when in rome yeah, yeah you know <laughs> down by the border and uh and so they had all gone down and i was sitting in there and this guy that i had met on my previous trip who was from fort worth uh, but he kept he kept circling into Terlingua, and he was kind of a traveler, drifter kind of fellow. Uh, and he told me, it seems, and he told me uh, that he had, at one point when he had first got to Terlingua, they had put him up in like the, that. So when you walk into the church, um, it's just this little single room kind of thing. But there is a door, and then in that, I guess there's a room back there, uh-huh. which they put him in. And, and he was saying to me that basically... I don't know, but I think that's where they stored dead bodies before they, because there was all kinds of speed. I mean, he was like, he was telling me all kinds of these stories. So I'm sitting there in the church, <laughs> everybody had walked down and I'm sitting there in, in the, the pews and it's, it's, uh, it was, uh, candles in there, you know, it's very vibey and I'm, and I'd been thinking I wanted to write another song. And then those, that story started coming to me, you know, and I, and I started writing uh Chiso's mission blues, which is, um, basically the the result was i had all these loose ends these dangling participles these hanging chads just in my head of like <laughs> little pieces of stories that were cool little colors yeah. and little little moments that i wanted to i wanted to somehow and i but it didn't make sense you know yeah and so that's how they all came out was just like this like dylan-esque kind of free association yeah you know uh but I mean, it's not. It's each each stanza is one of the stories that I wanted to, you know, or one of the moments. Uh, and so that that was written, and then um, and then we recorded it the next day. So the album is very much um, well. That might be Big the, Ben Terlingua centric. That might be the song you need to share with our listeners when you email it to me. Okay, yeah, sure. If you can do that today, because we're yeah. going to put this episode out Monday, and uh, that can be a little teaser for this oh, album. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'd love what's to do the that. name of the album again? The album is called Agnes. Okay. And the song that we're talking about is Chisos Mission Blues. Okay. And so um, it, the Chisos Mining Company is the is the company that basically... So Terlingua was a boom town. Right. They were mining... Um, mercury. Mercury, yeah. Uh, Cinnabar is the ore oh. that, you get mer- that mercury that. is derived from. Okay. I didn't know that either. But when I went there, I was like, <laughs> I better figure this out. Yeah. Like, so one of the songs, Boom or Bust, is about that about this situation uh-huh. on the album. And um, because they were using that mercury in a detonation device for right. bombs. So World War One, World mm-hmm. War Two, there was a big boom. Terlingua, that's basically how they, you know, what, and then when that went bust, uh, no. but that was the Chisos Mining Company is the point anyway. Yeah. So that was, <laughs> yeah. So the Chisos Mining uh, trading post or whatever's up there next to the, you know, to the, um, to the Starlight Theater. Yeah. And, uh, and that's, and it's, and the Santa Inez, church is also the chisos mission right that's the and the chisos mountains are there yeah so very uh, cool the chisos mission all the tie-ins yeah yeah well keegan we're out of time brother right on. Um, well, i, I want to i know it, it really was um next time let's uh we'll, we'll come I'll up with a, time. a different time to kind next of work with I'll everybody's schedule time. but uh <laughs> i would love to have you on very soon 
Yeah. Rather than, because we, we have a habit of sitting down with folks and then six months will go by and I'm like, shit, we haven't had you on the show in forever. So if we could just, before you leave today, we'll schedule a new, another yeah, one. I would love to. And uh, get you in here and we can do a, a, I can already tell we need to do a longer episode with Keegan. Mm -hmm. we, I'm down. You got so many stories. Oh, I got lots of stories. Yeah. And and I had a lot more me, questions. And then if you send me on too. a pig trail, I'll just, I'll just keep going until <laughs> I get herded back over. We do rabbit trails. Pigs scare me. Okay. Um, yeah, it makes sense. Where can people find your album? Where can they find your content? So KeeganMcEnroe.com is an easy one that, that they'll send you anywhere you want to be. Um, but I'm on Spotify. I'm on iTunes. I'm on, I mean, name it. It's pretty much out there. Do you have um, any residencies going right now? I don't have any residencies going at the moment. I'm uh, I'm doing a Halloween show on October 31st here in Fort Worth at Lola's okay. with uh, Katie Robertson and Jimmy Hinkle. It's going to be Keegan and Katie and Jimmy, oh my, a Wizard that. of Oz yeah. Halloween. <laughs> and we have lots of special guests and bands. That's going to be awesome. And then on November 2nd, I'm playing at Magnolia Motor Lounge with the band. Then I'm going uh, Lubbock at the Blue Light, back to Terlingua, uh, back to Alpine, and then a month over in Germany. Uh, so, Damn. Yeah, and then that's I'll be awesome. back a few shows probably to end the year, but that's, but that's pretty much it. I've um, already been promoting your show for uh, Lola's. That's awesome, and I love the uh, artwork. Whoever did that, I kicks did that. ass. You did that? Yeah, That's yeah, so yeah. badass. Oh, um, but anytime you've got anything, now that we've introduced you to the Fort Worth Roots podcast audience, anytime you've got something to uh, yeah. promote, if you'll tag Fort Worth Roots, we'll make sure and put oh, that out awesome, there for you. Oh, that's awesome, Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah, I'll Absolutely. do Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, before you get out of here, let's make sure and put something on the calendar. I know we've got to get our co-host out of here. She's going to be at work here in a minute. <laughs> oh, she still hasn't eaten My gosh, I'm yeah. so sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> Absolutely. It's totally good. It's it's so. not that good. I'm really sorry. <laughs> I, I'll be better. I'm, now, I'm it, usually actually not. I am punctual most of the time. Keegan. It's, it's missed okay. some flights, some it's trains. Okay. I've missed some trains. I've missed some flights, but I, it's all right. I usually we're, make I, my podcast. We're not going to call you uh, late to the show, Keegan. We're going to stick with sneaky-ass sneaky like Keegan sneaky for now until <laughs> we come up with a better yeah. nickname. <laughs> well, be careful because I'm always listening now. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, could be, I could be in the conversation. You don't even know it. Oh, trust me. I've, I've ran into, <laughs> I've ran into situations <laughs> before where I've, I've said things, not really you know, fully thinking out how yeah. it sounded, and yeah. I've had people reach back out to me like, man, I can't believe you said this. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I did not mean it like that. So I try to be extremely intentional with uh, yeah. Well, with, even being intentional, with my it's, verbiage. It's hard <laughs> misunderstanding run amok. Uh huh. You know. Yeah. But if you're ever listening to something and you think that I'm in it in any way other than out of love and gratitude, you're wrong. There you go. <laughs> and he says that with love and gratitude. And gratitude. That's right. <laughs> all right. So we're out of here. Keegan, thank you so much. You and uh, we'll have all that information in the show notes. And then before you get out of here, we're going to set another yeah, date. Please. All right. And uh, thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week. See you. Keegan McEnroe, everybody. Thank you, Keegan, for being on the Fort Worth Roots Podcast. Megan Elrich, thank you for co-hosting this one. One more time for Rachel Kelly. Thank you for being a monthly subscriber, and happy birthday. Awesome. If you guys are interested in seeing what it looks like being a supporter of the Fort Worth Roots Podcast, you can email me, media at fortworthroots.com, and we'll send you that information. Uh, Rachel Kelly's going to get a laser-engraved coffee mug and a goodie bag from our last event. And she's going to be listed in every single one of our podcast episodes as a contributor for here on out. And uh, lots of other perks and stuff. But anyway, she chose to support the show because she believes in what we're doing. And we really appreciate that. Thank you so much, Rachel Kelly. All right. Keegan McEnroe. We're going to get him back on the show. We've already set some dates. I'm not going to tell you what it is because we're, just, we're still kind of playing that one by ear. But we've got some dates written down <laughs> like we said we would during the episode. 
Stay tuned, because here in just a moment, we're going to play a track from Mr. Keegan McEnroe off of his new album. And uh, if you guys are interested in taking a look at Keegan McEnroe's stuff, uh, it'll be in the show notes. You can also get him in, uh, excuse me, on Instagram at Keegan McEnroe Music. And McEnroe is M-C-I-N-R-O-E. But it will be in the show notes. Easy to find. All right. Let's talk about these sponsors. Pouring Glory. Y'all have heard me talk about these guys for a long time. They've been sponsors for many, many months. And uh, they were friends before they became sponsors. Really love this place. Y'all need to go check it out. It's 1001 Bryan Avenue, Fort Worth, Texas, just off South Main Street, 935, one block north of Rosedale. Pouring Glory is a growler refilling station that serves craft beer and award-winning food with live music. They've always got great bands on stage and uh, no cover. So you can go in there and watch a just absolutely awesome musician have some good food, good beer. Like I said, I don't think there's ever a cover. Dog friendly, and they have something called uh, Dog Park Sundays from, I think, 11 to 4. Bring the doggos. You can let them off the leash, and they can run wild and uh, associate with the other fur babies. It's a good time. And uh, you're missing out if you haven't seen this place, Pouring Glory. Body Machine Fitness, 2300 West 7th Street, Fort Worth, Texas, offers a truly one-of-a-kind fitness experience. Your first class has already been paid for, and we'll go with you. Myself and the co-host for the show will go with you. You just got to DM us, email us, something. But go set up the appointment first. Bodymachinefitness.com is where you go to schedule your first high-energy cardio strength group fitness class with the best in industry trainers, cutting-edge audio and lighting systems, Show up early or stay after the class for the IR sauna and nutritious snacks in the lobby. I'm not kidding. We will go with you to one of these classes here in Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, Body Machine Fitness is located just off of 7th Street. I mean, it's literally on 7th Street, but it's in a little shopping center. So, anyway, there's that. Okay, where were we? McFly's Pub, 6104 LTJG, Barnett Road in Fort Worth, Texas is a 1980s Back to the Future themed bar with a very impressive outdoor area and fire pit. Hang out and bring some friends for pool, darts, cornhole, jumbo, Jenga, or catch a live event. The see, Tommy Luke does uh, open mic night there every Tuesday, so you, you might want to go check that out. we got some awesome Fort Worth legends hitting up that stage weekly. There's never a cover. So go check that out. Also, November 4th, we are going to be out there accepting uh, submissions from local artists at McFly's. Uh, If you are a musician and you would like to have your music uh, showcased on our show, come on out to McFly's November 4th at 2.30 p.m. and uh, just fill out a little form. You'll need to email or Dropbox me the file, and then we'll get that on our playlist. Again, that is November 4th for our little meetup, 2 o'clock. Don't miss it. And if you haven't checked out McFly's, you're missing out. you got to go see that, too. Cowtown Nutrition, located at 5430 River Oaks Boulevard. They offer a healthy alternative to that compulsory fast food craving. You can also load up on your favorite Herbalife products and learn about their fitness groups that they hold on location at Cowtown Nutrition. Check them out on Instagram at Cowtown underscore Nutrition. Y'all heard me talk about crew wear at the beginning of the episode. If you're watching me on, uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, you can see the shirt I'm wearing. I wear this thing everywhere I go. It's the Funky Town 817 shirt. And they got it in different colors too. So if you don't want black and white, you can get it in TCU purple if you want. I believe that's an option. Don't quote me on that. But for crew wear, 
Just go to our website, and you can get information on all our sponsors by going to our website and hitting the uh, drop-down menu for trusted sponsors, and that is fortworthroots.com. Woodpost Metalworks, they are the ones that are building the sign that's about to go on the front of the studio, and let me tell you something, I got a picture of this thing, and it is awesome. It's the best ever. So if you need something done professionally, affordably, and uh, quickly, you need to talk to these guys at woodpostmetalworks.com. Use offer code PODCAST817 at checkout and get 10% off. They specialize in metal signs with or without LED backlighting, fence and gate repair, or installation, light steel fabrication, industrial plasma cutting, and more. Hawkwalker Originals. Those are the folks that make these custom lasered uh, stainless steel coffee mugs that I love and everybody else that sees them loves them. Keegan McEnroe actually got one of these today. Um, Hawk Walker Originals. Go to HawkWalker.com. They offer a huge variety of unique and personalized gifts. Also, laser engraving to customize just about anything you can think of. Roofing Solutions by Darren Hauk. Go to RoofingSolutionsHauk.com or give them a call 817-882-6520. Commercial or residential roofing. They are your solution. And if you call them and tell them that you heard about them on the Fort Worth Roots podcast, they will give you 50% off a roofing tune-up. I think we got everybody. Verifying. Verifying. Yep, looking good. Looking good. Got crew wear, Cowtown Nutrition, all the OGs and all the new ones. Guys, these, uh, these sponsors of ours have been nice enough to help us keep the lights on here at Fort Worth Roots Podcast, so we really hope that you guys will uh, give them a little love, show them some support, and consider them next time you're buying something here in the local community. One more time, thank you, Keegan McEnroe, for being on the Fort Worth Roots Podcast. We are looking forward to having you on the show again here very soon. Thank you, Megan, for being a wonderful co-host in this episode and all the ones to follow. And one more time to our new subscriber, our monthly contributor, Rachel Kelly. Happy birthday, my friend. Thank you so much for being part of our community. And uh, guys and gals, thank you all for listening. And we will see you next week. See you. of the dead are singing in the room behind the altar all out of tune they say their bodies lay there cold before they lay down in a hole nobody sleeps nobody can they're up all night with those Jesus mission blues again
pussy purrs Bats a mouse with those Jesus mission blues How the scorpion mother She eats her babe Till she makes it Out of a cave Nobody sees Where she goes All the dead children Gotta know Murder, mercy Friend or foe The score blitz moan Those Jesus mission blues Say who? Well, you know it's those. She's 
Soul Smith Blues. 